Hey there, and thanks for tuning into episode 99 of the Eyes Free Sports Podcast. I cannot believe we've reached the double nine episode. This is your host, as usual, Greg Lindbergh. Here on episode 99, we are chatting with a former B-Baseball teammate of mine. Uh, We played together with the Long Island Bombers back in 2021. And uh, in addition to beatball, uh, this gentleman is very active in running, has recently gotten into tandem biking, has done a lot of martial arts, and uh, has also suffered uh, some pretty significant injuries in his athletic career, but uh, always continues to bounce back. So let's go ahead now and dive into episode 99. Alright, so my guest here on this episode of Eyes Free Sports is a former B-Paceball teammate and a buddy of mine, Melshon Wee Ellis. Melshon, welcome to Eyes Free Sports. Glad to be here, glad to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. Definitely, really excited about this. Always cool to connect with uh, you know teammates, former teammates, and I know you and I have been, have been texting here for a bit, so really cool to, to finally have you on. Pleasure to be on, thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. All right, so why don't we just kind of start things off here with your background. Just talk to me about uh, where you're originally from and grew up. Back in the days, <laughs> I think I grew up at a very interesting time. Hmm. Um, I grew up, my earliest memories were in the Bronx. I grew up in Bronx, New York, around a lot of tall buildings and, you know, um, cars parked up and, up and down the street. Um, the street that I lived on was, uh, uh, I believe it was a quarter mile. Yeah, it was a quarter mile long. I lived in a big, big red apartment building and, you know, everything was, uh, you know, as a kid, you're very, uh, you know, delightful and a little bit ignorant, but you know, it's, it's, it's really good thing. I, uh, I just remember, um, uh, walking outside my building and, you know, uh, look left and right, tall buildings everywhere. (laughs) Very (laughs) Very, uh, very commutable. Um, but I'd walk out my building and then turn. I, um, I grew up sighted. Uh, I think I should mention that earlier. Sure. I, uh, yes, I grew up, uh, yes, sighted. I had like these, I had glasses. I had like these really, really thick glasses with like these wire metal frames. Not, not cool looking at all. <laughs> no, I looked very, very, like very nerdy. But, right. I just remember like um, walking outside and, you know, making one left and, you know, you have a, a corner store or deli bodega. I go in there, you know, grab a bag of chips for 25 cents, you know, tw- bag of chips look up 25 cents anymore. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> you, get, you, could, you could get like a good lunch for a dollar back then. Uh, 30, 30 cents for a pack of gum. Uh, get some candy behind the counter. Uh, grab one of those. Uh, I forgot what are those called? Those like barrel barrel shaped juices oh yeah remember those yep. yeah those Good stuff. and i get <laughs> i grab like a like a bag of um bag of cool ranch doritos uh one of those juices and i probably grab like a freezy pop from the freezer and a candy from account from the counter all for a dollar um it, i sound old jesus lord <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely and, uh, you know, me. <laughs> i know right <laughs> And, you know, as you keep walking down the street, um, past the bodega, you had a barbershop, laundromat, and you make another left and you were on the main street. Above the main street, there was a train. I remember it was the, the number four train. Hmm. Um, 
uh, it was above you. So uh, if you would turn right, you would walk up the stairs and you were uh, go to the turnstile and go on the train, short ride from Manhattan. You would pass Yankee Stadium on your way into Manhattan. Like the train, um, if you would look out the window, um, before you hit the tunnel, you would see like a brief glimpse of Yankee Stadium on the inside. It was fantastic as a kid. Good, mm. good sight. Uh, uh, I had a photographic memory. I, I remember uh, that sight to this day. Yeah, and we're talking original Yankee Stadium probably, right? Right, on oh. the Bronx. Yep. Oh, yeah. That street, uh, that main street, it had everything, man. At Burger King, <laughs> McDonald's, <laughs> three different Chinese food stores, Rite Aid, pharmacies. FYE, GameStop, Foot Locker, Payless. Uh, I guarantee you, most of you don't even know what Payless is. <laughs> Rite Aid, jewelry stores. There were also two to three parks in the area. You know, um, it, it, was, it was just a good area. Van Colen Park was a short walk away. There was also a track field nearby um, um, on the high school grounds. So you'd be able to, um, you know, get a workout in on the track. Nice. Nice. Yep. I know you're always looking for that opportunity to, to be in motion. So <laughs> awesome. So then as far as family, remind me, what's your, your nationality? Yeah. So my, both my parents are from Jamaica. Oh, wow. Um, so I am Jamaican. Although I was born in the Bronx, I, I am Jamaican hundred percent. Um, I think as I get older, I start to realize that I am Jamaican. Uh, it starts to come out, uh, things that I do, um, even like other people bring it up to me. It's like, bro, you are like a hundred percent Jamaican. You don't even know it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I definitely get that sense. Just your personality and kind of, you know, brightness and being personable. I feel like that's maybe it's a stereotype, but being, you know, having visited Jamaica, you really get that sense. Everyone's just so friendly and, and warm. <laughs> yes, it is very different. Uh, apart from me growing up in like those times, um, my parents always taught me to like greet people uh, when you walk past them. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. I know that's uh, uh, different in America. When you guys say good night, it's actually like a goodbye, but it's actually a greeting in Jamaica. Like, hello, good night. Hello, it's mm -hmm. almost like hello. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, if you don't walk past, you don't say a greeting. Um, you get a smack in the face, <laughs> and you were told manners and respect. And uh, yeah, I didn't understand it as a kid, but as I got older, you know, it, it just, uh, just, it just stuck. Yeah, absolutely. And any, any siblings, brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have an older, older brother that I, uh, um, familiarly close with. Yeah, I have three younger brothers. I don't really talk to, but I, they're around and I have a younger sister who's actually in England. Oh, wow. Big family. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. So then, uh, as far as education, sports, growing up as a kid, obviously you mentioned you were, you know, sighted uh, wearing the big Coke, Coke bottle thick glasses, but uh, just talk to me about kind of your education and playing sports growing up. In, I believe, uh, I'm not sure what they're called, um, but uh, growing up, I actually grew up um, going to actually uh, special education uh, classes. Um, Funny enough, um, uh, I didn't really realize how weird it was. Uh, but uh, when I was like, when I tell people this, they were like, wait, you were put in special ed because you can't see? That's, that's, uh, that's dumb. You're not, uh, you're not like, uh, you know, uh, mentally uh, challenged or anything. You just can't see. 
But uh, later on in my elementary school uh, days, they actually uh, put me into uh, like regular kid classes. Um, but I have actually have the best memories being in like special education classes. I remember all of those kids from like first to fourth grade, like name, first name, last name. Um, and, you know, um, you know, in like at recess, you know, I, we would always run up and down um, the, um, the playground. I would always race. I think that's where uh, this, that's where actually my uh, my track started. You know, I, mm-hmm. I just love to run, love to love to feel the wind. Yep. Opening up, opening up the hands and letting the wind uh, in between your fingers, <laughs> playing tag and never being caught, <laughs> always being the last kid on the playground <laughs> because nobody could catch me, so they had to quarter me. Right, right. Yo, gotta love those memories. <laughs> and then so kind of advancing, you know, middle school, high school. I moved around a lot. Uh, more, I think... I, I I think I'm like a almost like a military kid. Like I hmm. um first to fifth grade, I was in the Bronx. Uh six in the sixth grade, I moved to Connecticut for a little bit. So I actually visited Connecticut. Very different um atmosphere, very different kids. Um I I was on a main street um in Connecticut, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um the most weirdest thing <laughs> on the way to school when I would walk is um it's a nice residential area and like the corner to turn down the street to the school there was like a a house and it was actually like a pizza shop i'm like why why is the why is there a house (laughs) at the corner in a residential area why is this a pizza shop like you can walk in it's a pizza some uh, chicken fingers and french fry that's what i would get um they i uh oh man uh those memories in connecticut those were good like they had the best lunch ever um they Mm. had like bag bag juice they had really good um breakfast really good lunch it, it was always uh hot always good uh actually love uh, being in connecticut in the seventh grade um i was actually in georgia um i don't remember exactly what part um i um i it could have been the cab or uh lithonia but i was in um uh, one part in in Georgia, I did not like Georgia at all. Mm-hmm. Like kids were kids down there, horrible, absolutely horrible. <laughs> yeah. And I noticed because uh, I played for the Atlantic team like uh, last uh, this year, and they're gonna hear me say this. I'm like, oh, he's talking bad about Atlanta. I'm telling you the truth, man. It's always how it is with me. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, definitely culture shock, probably coming from the Northeast. Yeah, talk everybody with these southern accents. <laughs> <laughs> coming up to me he's like you talk proper uh, and i still had the wire glasses man so you, yep. you could imagine i actually did not go to any specialized school i went to all public school throughout my life hmm. wow. um so upgrading now to eighth grade um still in atlanta didn't like it things started to get a, a little bit better um um, you know, they actually had a track in the middle school, so we would be, be able to run around the track and really good physical exercise. Um, the teachers would, I, I think, uh, one really good thing about public school is that I actually really learned to, um, self-advocate for myself. Like I just walk up to the teacher and be like, uh, Hey, um, I can't see this. Uh, please help me. Um, uh, I'm not, uh, lazy. I'm not like, uh, not doing the work. I just can't see it. And, you know, they were they would accommodate me. They would help me. Even in gym, like when we would play like badminton, I could not see the uh, 
the uh what I, I forgot what it's called the little feather uh ball thing i could not see it like it was in the air and it would like fall like to my left and i'm like i would hear it and i'm like i did not see that <laughs> so yeah i told the gym teacher and the gym teacher just said you know do as best as you can and you know uh, that's what i did so back in new york for high school ninth and tenth grade i went to school in queens um i actually had different frame glasses i had like uh the thicker plastic glasses still bottle cap glasses but you know uh, the cooler looking shades uh mm-hmm. not shades um frames a little bit um, yeah a little yep. bit of look <laughs> you know i was in the bronx now i'm in Connect- oh, then connecticut and then georgia for two years and then uh uh back in back in the city back in queens um the projects was right across from the school which was uh funny um went back to uh taking the taking the bus to school this is when i actually started to like started to to do sports this is when i actually started to pick it up uh i started running indoor track and uh it was it was i had a blast i i, I love sports i love running in general um you know i i uh, i have some stories of me um running in in the armory which is like where uh mainly the five boroughs of new york compete in in, uh, in manhattan the schools in particular um um that's where they for the indoor season that's where they compete and i have like <laughs> i remember it was day of distance I, I i um i regret doing this day um we didn't have enough people to do the four by eight i did the four by eight <laughs> i sprinted the whole thing i walked off the track i had to like put my hand on my mouth to take the tongue like rip the tongue off the top of my mouth because it was stuck the legs felt like jelly oh my it, but jesus i did i didn't know i could do it man uh <laughs> like when you're when you have people in the stands cheering you on and you just you just uh you know just running uh, you know you have all that adrenaline and then uh when you get off uh you know you, you feel it <laughs> oh yeah yep yep 11th and 12th grade i moved out to long island um oh i love long i still love long island to this day the kids are just uh people around here more laid back the further you move out from the city the more calmer people are um interesting and in this part of uh long island it's uh nassau county this school they uh they did indoor outdoor cross country i did all three um i loved it um they had some really fast kids uh on this uh on this team there were kids running like 10 flat or 100 meters they had a really good um football team sports in this school were, were phenomenal like this school was uh, really good for sports it was a small school but you know it was, they were all really good really good coaches really good teachers everybody accommodated me i never had a problem at this school ever uh it was just fantastic got you yeah that's i know a lot of kids can't always say that you know as far as the accommodations and support so definitely glad to hear that you had a positive experience there and then so what year did you actually graduate high school yep i graduated i tried to i didn't know there was a an advanced uh, diploma uh you had to take uh spanish i think that's what was my only backdrop uh that and uh and u.s history i didn't take a uh ap uh u.s gov and um i believe it was three or four semesters of spanish but those are the only two i was missing gotcha. i could have gotten it and I, uh, oh man, 
Uh, during this time, I was actually taking these eye injections, and there was a chance that after the eye injection, that um, blood would like seep into my eyeball, and the blood would actually block my retina. So I like I would be out of school sometimes for like uh, like a month or two. Oh, wow. So during this time, um, this, this, these were like the times where we're, uh, where the school was studying for the chemistry exam. Um, or the chemistry regions. Um, and I wasn't able to pass because um, uh, my two months out. So I came back, I took the regents and I, I fulfilled that too, <laughs> but I still graduated, you know, but right. all that matters. Wow. Wow. And then, so as far as your eye condition, just explain kind of what your condition is. And then those injections, what uh, was kind of the goal of those? Ooh. So I have, or I think I used to have, um, went to the doctor recently. She actually says I don't have it anymore. But I used to have chronic pan uveitis. Um, mm. It's basically inflammation of the uvea. Um, it is the, the uvea, I believe, is the part of the eye in between the cornea and the retina. And mine was constantly inflamed, constantly swollen. So I, I would have to take eye drops. Um, and, uh, for the swelling to go away, uh, the eye drops that I was taking actually developed cataracts in my eyes as well. Cataract surgeries on both eyes. Um, I also like to mention this too, um, going back a little bit, uh, in elementary school, um, I, like my left eye, uh, wasn't, I couldn't really see out of it at all. Um, so I, I saw it on my right eye mainly. And then up to middle school, my right eye went bad and my left eye went good. Um, and my left eye, uh, I basically saw with my left eye up until second semester of college. So I was uh, doing sports, running around, riding bikes, skateboards, scooters, on the back of motorcycles, <laughs> <laughs> even driving with just, with just one eye, you know, and I, wow. I uh, you know, I didn't make it, uh, didn't make it affect me. Um, Second semester of college uh, is when uh, things started to go, ooh, uh, not so good. Um, um, I was sitting down in the front row um, looking at the blackboard, and uh, I see that um, the professor's um, chalk is, is yellow. And I'm like, that's, that's, <clears throat> that's not right. So after the class, I actually go up to the blackboard and I pick up the chalk in my hand and it's white. Mm. And I, oh, uh, no, this, is, this isn't good. Um, and I, well, I'm walking home, taking the bus, walking home. I took a lot of public transportation, but I was very independent. Although I could see with one eye, super independent. Right. Um, um, taking, the, taking the bus back home and walking down on my block. And right, I'm about, right as I'm about to turn into the driveway to the house, I'm looking at the fences, and the fences are also yellow. Um, and I'm like, okay, uh, time to go to the doctor. I go to the doctor now, and the doctor says, um, this, the inflammation has developed so bad in your eye now that um, it's starting to pull on your retina. And uh, it, everything just started to go really, really bad from that. Um, I would, like, walk uh, a few feet and then, like, my whole field of vision would just go dark. And then I would just, like, stop and then just look around, like, uh, uh, what, like what's going on? And then, like, after, like, a few, maybe about 10, 15 seconds, like, it would, like, almost, 
like re like my vision would come back um almost like um i'd imagine uh for seeing people would be like uh standing in a pitch black room and then having a light switch uh instead of the switch it would be like a like a level um level light switch where you would slowly push it i like push it up to where um the the room is fully uh bright that's uh that's the best way i, I can explain it oh, i see a gradual yeah gradual increase in light mm -hmm. and uh every uh uh, it, it was very random. Like every month, uh, there would be a day where I'd wake up and I just there would be a noticeable difference of uh, of everything. Everything would be a little bit more blurry. Everything uh, the colors would dim. Uh, it, it, it was a not a not a good time. Sure, but I um I uh towards um towards the end of my high school uh, uh, days. Uh, my guidance or uh, my commission counselor um, said, uh, hey, uh, you're going to college, so uh, you need to do this, uh, this pre-college program. And I said, oh, okay, sure. And uh, I, was, uh, I was shocked. I see other visually impaired people and um, I saw them doing amazing things. Um, other totally uh, like blind individuals just, uh, just walking around with their, uh, you know, living comfortable lives and uh, there was this one dude in particular who uh, who walked with a cane like like super fast, right? And I, and I would always make fun of him, like, dude, why why do you walk so fast? And he would like he would joke at me. He's like, why do you walk so slow? You can see. And I, I would <laughs> chuckle, but <laughs> yo. And he he walked around with a uh, braille display around his neck. I'm like, dude, what is that? Wow. And um, yeah, he would uh, he was a. Uh, uh, he was a uh, he was amazing man, and I'd see other there were other blind kids there who were working. Like uh, there was one bodybuilder kid. There was another another guy going into technology. Uh, I saw uh, I think I saw my first guide dog user there actually. Uh, wow. She was she was uh, she was going to college, and she was actually going to that college that we were at. Um, we dormed there for four weeks. Um, I learned a lot. And I, I think transitioning was a uh, was a uh, super super easy for me just because I saw um, all those people, uh, all those kids in particular, uh, and teenagers, um, how they would navigate, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I have to do. And uh, funny enough, um, I didn't know uh, iPads had like Zoom text, and um, one of the uh, assistive technology specialists actually came up to me and she said, "Hey, uh, you're uh, really good at this." Um, uh, you should teach uh, um, the other students how to use uh, Zoom text, and maybe you should take a look at voiceover. And I'm 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 looking at this later, like I do not want my iPad talking to me at all. What do you what do you what do you what are you insinuating? I don't want to do it. Right. But then it 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 happened. Um, I uh, you know all, all the work was done for the day. Everybody was uh in their rooms. So I I I, I learned to use it on my own. I, I started it and I, I learned to use it. This is one I could see too. So it was, a you know, I knew how the screen navigated. And after that, I pretty much didn't use it until I started to lose my vision. Gotcha. So you did kind of have that point where you were kind of saying, no, I don't need this. Or I feel like, like a lot of us go through that kind of have a gradual loss of vision or, and just kind of accepting that, yes, you know, this technology is helpful and, and will benefit you, right? Right. 
as I was, uh, as the gradual uh, decline was happening, um, uh, I also uh, going to go back a little bit. I started working when I was 16. Uh, always. I've been working ever since I was 16 years old. Um, wow. um, I, um, actually walked up to my mom and I said, Hey, um, this is happening. Um, I'm going to need to buy an iPhone. Um, had money in the bank and she, uh, she gave me half. I put in half and I got my first iPhone. I was using Android. I was, uh, yeah, I was with, with you Android fellas out here uh, and, and uh, ladies <laughs> for a little <laughs> bit. But then I'm like, no, this is just easier to use. I'm just going to use this. Uh, and, you know, uh, got my iPhone and yeah, it started to rock, you know? Exactly. Came to the dark side, right? With the us iPhone users, Apple, Apple heads. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And then, so you did mention college. So where did you go to college? I went to a community college. I did not know what I wanted to do. I, um, um, I had, um, too many things that I was interested in. Um, it was my commission counselor who, um, told me, Hey, just, just do liberal arts and, uh, do, uh, do part-time. Tell me how you feel about it. I was still working, um, when I was going to part-time, uh, college too, as well. So mm -hmm. I was working, and I would go to school. I would go to school. I don't know. Yeah, I would go to school um, some days uh, in the morning. And then like days that I worked, I would go to work and then go to school. Uh, yeah, man, I was doing it all, man. You know? Oh, yeah. Living the life. <laughs> wow. And then so just to kind of fast forward a little more on your vision. Um, so when did you kind of have more decline and where do you kind of stand with things today? So 2018, uh, um, I want to say 2018 is, uh, is the year that's the, that's the year, man. Um, mm. it was, it was getting so bad that I couldn't wear my glasses anymore. So I had to just, uh, um, I had to, uh, put the glasses down and just walk around. And, uh, then I started picking up the shades. Um, funny enough, uh, those of you who, who probably see me all the time, uh, the reason why I have shades on is because I always had glasses on my face. So it just, it just feels comfortable always having shades on my face. Right. It feels weird not to have anything on my face. Yeah. So I always have shades on. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not a Ray Charles thing. It's not Stevie a... Stevie Wonder. Right? No, it's none of that. It's, or just, just, it just feels good. <laughs> There's sure. always been something on my face. Yo, yo. Um, so I actually seen a doctor in Boston and um, at this point, no doctor wanted to touch my eyes because then they knew if they uh, were to touch it, um, it would be uh, uh, pretty much disaster. But um, I, you know, it, it was al already declining. And uh, this doctor, he said, uh, hey, we have a fighting chance. Um, and I thought about it. And uh, I went ahead and did it. I, I remember the last thing I saw. I remember the anesthesia. I was in the, I was in the gurney, <laughs> going to the hospital bed. Oof. The ivy hooked up <laughs> to my arm, uh, ready to go into surgery. And the I remember, it was a Spanish anesthesiologist, uh, long uh, brunette hair. Uh, I saw her turn something, like she was turning her, like a doorknob, like on the, the, um, the, the anesthetic. She says, um, uh, hey, hey, sweetie, let me know if this is uh, too strong. And I and I like uh, leaned up a little to look at her and I put my head back and I, I, I was out. Mm. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> then I woke up and I remember seeing flashing lights and, and that was it. 
when uh, when you start seeing flashing lights, uh, that's that's the it's one of the first signs of uh, uh, retina retina issues. But I did come out. I did get some good news um, uh, out of the surgery. Um, the um, the retina specialist uh, actually told me, um, hey, uh, we actually were able to peel off eighty um, percent of the scar tissue on your retina, and your retina laid down flat. Hmm. Uh, that, so that was good news. But I actually went to go see a doctor um, earlier, I, I, I want to say earlier mid this year. And she actually told me, um, hey, um, you have no more inflammation in your eyes. Good news. Um, your eyes um, don't look good. Bad news. And your retina is not detached. Bad news. And I'm like, oh. And she actually like, like paused and she like, I can like hear her like almost turn to me. And she said, so uh, um, I don't mean to be rude, but uh, why, are you, why are you in here? And I said, hey, I, I just needed an eye exam to make sure people, other uh, kids can know that I'm blind. So I just need you to fill this paper out and thank you. And <laughs> I just left. Right. And that's about it. Hmm. Wow. So then today, where, where do things stand? Are you pretty much totally blind? Or? I am total 100% blind. Right. No light perception. No light perception. Gotcha. Just kind of that transition just talks to me a little more about, you know, emotionally, mentally, uh, having, you know, at least some vision for a long time and then losing everything. I kind of knew, kind of know what things look like. So when people would describe them, I can already uh, imagine them. Um, one of the biggest or hardest things was the photographic memory. Like I still to this day have uh, photographs in my brain of things that I used to, to look at. And it, it came to actually a point where like those images would just keep flashing. And I, I had to like, uh, like tune them out and um, just not think of them anymore. But now it's, it's so much better. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I'm full in control and um, um, I don't really think about them anymore, but you know, I, they're still there when I do think of them. Seeing the, the teenagers at that pre-college program was the biggest thing for me. Uh, I saw how they, how they moved, how they navigated, um, how they did things, how they would act, advocate for themselves, how they asked for help. Um, and I, I, just, uh, I just learned from uh, being able to see how they navigated. Uh, and it, um, it was very, it was, e it was almost easy to transition. Um, some things to this day, I'm still having a little bit difficulty with, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a quick learner. Uh, as long as I have the drive and the will to figure it out, um, I will figure it out. Um, also, uh, when I went total, uh, totally blind, I actually had a, I never had this problem before, but I had problems going like sleeping. Um, hmm. And I, I, uh, a doctor um, actually told me um, something about non-24 where your eyes actually can see the light outside to know to wake up. Right. So, Yes, yes. Uh, uh, we, I, we've all, all uh, most of us have uh, heard this in the blind community. Um, so they actually give us, uh, try to give us medication, but I uh, actually learned to um, just basically tire myself out through the day and then at night just, just knock out. Gotcha. So one of those things you just kind of have naturally, you know, improved on, it sounds like, and to, to minimize, it sounds like. Right. So then, yeah, let's move on to, to sports for the blind. And I'm curious, you know, what was kind of your first introduction to adaptive sports, sports for the blind? 
Oh, here we go. So when I started to go blind, I stopped working out like completely. Hmm. Uh, no running, no push-ups, no. I'm known for doing push-ups. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> going back into the elementary school, I was the kid that could do the most push-ups. Right. And the coach, uh, the gym teacher was like, whoa, look at him. Like we had like this, uh, like this, um, like this circle. It's like a, almost like a cone, but towards the bottom of the, the cone, almost like one of those orange cones, like the caution cones. And it was kind of like sliced off towards the bottom. So there was like a good, I want to say half an inch uh, sticking up off the floor. So we actually had to do push-ups. Our chest had to hit that and we had to push back up all the way. And I, and I remember in gym class, um, everybody's doing slow push-ups and I'm, I'm hitting the cone like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I stopped working out, man. And uh, this one day I got up out of bed and my knees popped. And I said, um, yeah, um, yep. Uh, time, time to start back again. Time to start back. Yep. It was I a actually, sign. <laughs> That's the side. I'm like, like this. This has never happened to me before. And now I look at other kids, man. Like kids who are like 15, 16, and they're getting up and their their joints are popping in and out. I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like, what do you do? What do you do? It's that TikTok, man. You guys got to chill in the TikTok, right? <laughs> Luckily, uh, my uncle had some workout equipment in the the gym. Uh, and sorry, not in the gym, in the basement. So we had some uh, some weights, some push up plates. We had a pull up bar. We had some resistance bands, and I remember every day I would just work out, and you know I would also talk to friends while I was working out. And um, one friend in particular, uh, she would always call me when I would work when I was working out. She would say to me, "Why do you work out so much? What is the point?" <laughs> and and you know I I kind of sat down and I said to myself. Um, uh, yeah, I don't I, just to be fit. And then I came to this realization. It's like, oh, I could I could use my body for sports. Why not? And it was um, after my second semester of college when my vision was on the decline before I went total, totally blind. My commission right. counselor put in services for me to uh, to um, learn voiceover. So I actually learned um, voiceover from a, uh, um, an instructor who played beat baseball at the time. Mm. And he, he told me about it. And, um, you know, he's like, hey, I'm, uh, we're looking for people. You should join us. This is fun. You can look us up on YouTube. And I looked up on YouTube. I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm good. Yo, yo. <laughs> And then here I am later on, uh, totally blind now, uh, working out and my friend telling me, asking me rather, why are you working out so much? I'm like, you know what? Um, let me find this. Let me, let me contact this baseball team. So I actually contacted my uh, commission counselor who was, she, she was actually retired. God bless her soul. She was so cool. Mm. And she actually pulled up, uh, she remembered who, who, uh, who I was, uh, training with and she gave me his contact and I contacted him and. And then I found them on Facebook and then I joined the Long Island Bombers. And this was, um, I believe this was um, like, as we were coming out of COVID in 2020. Right. Right. 
Wow. And then, so just talk to me about getting out on the field, you know, getting up to bat, uh, being on defense, just what was kind of that initial experience playing b-ball like for you? Ah, uh, it was, uh, I never played base. I played baseball once on like a field day in elementary school, um, mm. you know, where we have soccer, baseball, and, you know, we had a three-legged race and, you know, uh, relays and, you know, um, that was like the most baseball I played. It was only one day. Uh, it was uh, very different. I never held a bat, an uh, actual bat before. I never swung an actual bat before. Wow. And I never ran to a base before. Um, so it was all new to me. Um, the defense was, was new. Uh, I had a really, really tough time going up to that. Um, I remember actually my first tournament in Jersey. Um, where um i it was like halfway through the game and the coach actually uh put me in and i like i like i i'm like why was why is he putting me in i i don't i in practice i haven't been that great and i was like really self-doubting myself and um one of the coach one of the um players dad actually came up to me he's like i heard that you didn't want to go bad anymore. And I kind of like, uh, kind of like shied away from it. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I'm, I don't think I'm good enough. And um, later on that day, the coach came up to me and he said one thing uh, to me and it, it, it stuck. He said, um, listen, then um, uh, I know you feel like you're not that good right now, but um, this sport takes time. And mm. uh, it's, it, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, yep. And um, although I wasn't able to play for most of the World Series this year, the batting average was pretty good, really good. It was um, almost amongst the top um, batters in the league, um, I believe, from the stats from one of my, uh, my teammates um, when they posted um, the, the stats the other day, um, or after the World Series, rather. Right. Um, I, when I first started, I loved defense. I was a monster. I was... Um, um, they had me, they didn't have me in the hot corner, which was, um, um, where is that? That's, uh, um, we call that left field, um, third, third base side. Yeah. I was actually, I was actually on the, the other side. I was on first base side, but I was also the shortest man. So any balls hit short, I would, um, there was, it was impossible for a ball to be hit short and me not get them out, uh. I guess we're going to segue into the uh, the injuries now, aren't we? Right? Yeah, if you don't mind <laughs> chatting about them, I know you've had quite a few. So, <laughs> oh my god, the day before we were supposed to fly out to Kansas for World Series in two th in twenty one. Yep, this was the year I you and I dislocated. Met. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it was the it was the day me and GP met? That's right. <laughs> It was the week. It was the year. And I dislocated my shoulder the day before. Oh, my God. The whole the team was like, damn. Uh, some guys were pissed. And then they were, they were like sad to me. And then I had to go to the ER, man. And oh, the pain. The, your first dislocation is, is, is painful, really painful. Oh, yeah. I know it too well. <laughs> and, you know, the longer it's out, the, the more painful it is. Um, after a while, it just starts to like, you could be sitting as still as possible, like a rock. Next thing you know, it starts to tingle and, and, and spasm and that, that whole pain just shifts through, through your body. And 
but you know uh luckily you know you were able to get it they you know uh you know gave me the the good drugs and uh you know they tried to put it back in place uh they actually gave me one shot of anesthetic the first time and they tried to put it back in place and it fell by right back out and i said ow and the doctor <laughs> looked at me and he said uh oh you you felt that and i like nodded my head yes and he looked over at the anesthesiologist, like, give him another shot. Give him another shot. <laughs> then she gave me another shot, and I don't remember. I just remember waking up in the bed. Um, yeah, but uh, um, I still went to, to Kansas uh, with the team. Uh, yep. How I met you, and I saw how other players played the sport, and I was just shocked. Uh, um, it was a super fun time. Um, and then... Um, you know, um, I felt like, uh, you know, I felt like I was I was healing up good. So one morning at World Series in the hotel in the morning, <laughs> brush my teeth, uh, wash my face. And, you know, I, I pull the sling out and uh, I'm like rolling my shoulder. Around. I was like, ah, oh, this feels, uh, feels like it's back to normal now. So I, I like, um. How do you, how would I um, describe this? Almost like you're sitting down in an interview and you have your hands clasped in front of you. Right. I had it behind my head, both, both hands, palms open, and with my elbows pointing out to the side, leaned back and pop, it popped right back out again. Uh. And that, and yeah, and, mm -hmm. and that was when um, uh, your dad had to come in the, the room and, and uh, rotate it back in place. That's right. And he, yep. he set me straight. He was like, yo, listen, bro. Um, if this happens one more time, you're going to the ER. I'm not doing this for you again. And, you know, and, and I was, he was all right. And, you know, I was all right too. I had ice on me the whole day and, uh, yeah, um, managed to go through that world series, um, with the shoulder dislocation. Granted I was in pain and I never told anybody, but, you know, I soldiered it on. Forgot to mention this. Um, prior to me waking up that morning and uh, uh, flexing my muscles in the the mirror, <laughs> <laughs> I actually did the push-ups. I actually did ten push-ups, and my shoulder felt great. It didn't pop out of place, uh, and I felt good. So that's why that uh that uh <laughs> that day, uh, before like uh, rumors were going around in the team, I was like, he was doing he was doing what? He was doing push-ups. <laughs> That's what I came from. Yo. I didn't push up and it dislocated. That is not what happened. But <laughs> right. I, I I stretched it too far. Yo, like you said, just behind the behind your head. And then so kind of transitioning ahead. So then uh when was the next time you actually were able to to get back out there on the field? Following year, I actually did surgery on the uh, the first shoulder. I see. Uh, so you had a fracture. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what, uh, what it's called. Um, uh, it's like the, um, the bone from your elbow to your shoulder. It's that, that one bone, like in between your bicep and your tricep, uh, the ball at the top, um, that basically sucks into the, uh, the socket. Uh, that was a little bit dented. It wasn't. It wasn't insanely bad. It was pretty minor. But I still did surgery anyways because I wanted to go back to sports. I did not want my joints uh, 
clicking and popping like I'm a a skeleton. So I said, hey, um, the, the uh, orthopedic uh, surgeon, orthopedic surgeon actually told me, hey, you got two options, physical therapy and your chances of it popping out uh, will be not as great or you can do surgery, then physical therapy. And the chances of that shoulder coming out again are very slim. And right. immediately I said surgery, immediately. Yep, um, no hesitation. No hesitation. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to, uh, um, I was actually doing, um, also that year of, um, of uh, beat baseball, I was doing jujitsu and I was also doing karate. Hmm. Um, the, the, um, the Japanese jujitsu I was doing was, they were all sided. I just uh, walked into the dojo one, uh, one day and told the grandmaster I was, I couldn't see. And uh, he straight up told me, he's like, um, I have to watch out for other uh, students here. I can't give you personalized help. And, and I'm like, okay, bro. And, you know, I, uh, you know, I showed him up. I uh, was able to follow class as long as they gave good instructions. And, you know, um, I was able to do the conditioning that you do early on in the class. I didn't, I didn't break a sweat. That was a trip. Um, but then, um, following year, um, after, I think it was almost like less than, uh, less than almost like 50 hours of, uh, physical therapy, I go back and I, I got a fire lit under me. I, I feel good. And then, um, uh, during a, um, what was it? It was a recreational game. It's more like a fundraiser. Hmm. I was diving to my left in the field and I heard a pop and I got up and my shoulder was and my left shoulder popped out. And I'm like, Oh, great. Fantastic. It's great. <laughs> uh, then, uh, you know, they walked me over to the bench and lucky enough for me, there was a chiropractor um, <laughs> that was there. And he, uh, you know, he sat me down Hey, uh, 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 be be still, be chill. And uh, he put me, he put my uh, hand on his shoulder, and he just rotated my arm back into place, nice and easy. Yo. He said, "Hey, uh, bro, you're good now. Um, uh, ice, and you should be good." Uh, and he said, "Don't you? If this ever happens again, don't let anybody ever uh, do the movies on you. Like, uh, don't ever uh, let them uh, put your foot in your chest and pull your arm. That'll actually make it worse." Right. So, um, yeah, um, uh, I was very disappointed. Uh, uh, this is like, uh, this is, this is, this was bad. Cause you know, prior to this, uh, this location, I started working out again. Cause I couldn't, the, the worst part about, uh, having your shoulder dislocated is not being able to work out. Cause I couldn't sleep. Sometimes I couldn't eat. Like my mental was like all over the place. Uh, yep. and yeah, I, that, that was the worst part. The, the worst part isn't the pain. The pain is temporary. The most painful part was not being able to move, right. to stay still at home. And, and you know, uh, uh, the first one was my right arm. So I had to learn to use my left hand. And uh, I learned to eat with my left hand, brush my teeth with my left hand. Continuing uh, from this left dislocation, uh, pretty much uh, almost the same thing happened. Um, except uh, for the chiropractor popping it back in, in the field. Uh, I had the sling on my left arm. Oh my God, I gotta go through it again now. Uh, not, not too fun. 
And, uh, you know, I usually wake up and I make my bed and I made my bed, overstretched my arm and pop, popped out. My left arm popped out. And then uh, I tried to get my brother to slide it back into place. Didn't work. Then I went to the orthopedist. Orthopedist says, no, bro, you got to go to the ER. Mm-hmm. And, and then I go to the ER and I put it back into place. And then I go back to the orthopedist and then uh, I do surgery. This, this location was worse than the right, the, the right arm. Oh, wow. Uh, and he said straight up, he's like, hey, yeah, bro, um, the dent in this shoulder is bigger. Um, and uh, he, you know, he did the surgery again, went to my physical therapy again, uh, going back to the same physical therapist as well. Uh, seeing the same people, hey, uh, what, what are you doing back here again? And, you know, they worked on me and right. told myself this wasn't going to happen again. And uh, at this point, I was just uh, I was playing more careful, very, very, very careful. Like even in uh, even in the field, I would like uh, be very careful, like uh, a ball. Like I think this is when like my brain started to like really like pick up like, OK, I hear that ball like i hear the contact i hear how i hit off the bat i hear it was a line drive i hear it going coming speeding down the grass and i knew how far it was and i know how fast i am so i'm like okay i can't run that fast to get that ball so i am not running to my left (laughs) and diving and getting that so i'm like no and the coach was like bro you could have got that before you were able to get i'm like "Uh, no I, i was super afraid and then uh, fast forwarding to uh, World Series 23, um, I told, I specifically told, I told the coach, it's like, listen, bro, um, I am not afraid of playing defense. I am not afraid of the ball. I'm afraid of hurting myself again. And uh, yeah, yeah, he kind of, he didn't, he wasn't really listening. And yeah, man, um, every time uh, I would go up to bat, I would like I'd, uh, make contact uh, two of the three times. Um, it was, I, I believe I only struck out um, less than a handful of times for that round robin day. Wow. Um, um, I got a few put outs. Um, yeah, they had a, you know, I was playing with a new team. So, you know, you got to get used to the defense. And um, there was one ball coming to my left and I heard it. I could have got it. At this point now, um, before both the dislocations, I was diving arms first. But now I'm like, okay, arms first isn't obviously working. So uh, new method, new method. Right. Still thinking of new method. Feet first. I, I hear the ball. Um, I'm running to my left. Uh, I slow down. Feet first. Uh, right. Um, then my... Uh, right hip hit the ground, the grass. Um, a little bit of my back hit the grass, and then my right elbow hit the grass. And pop, uh, there you go again. <laughs> Another dislocation. Um, so this was your right shoulder. That was my right shoulder. Second yep. time for that one now. Yep. Sec- second time. Wow. And and yep. And uh, that that was uh in Jul- that was in July this year. Uh, I was um. I uh, flew the guide dog school. My guide dog school actually had to send somebody to fly down to um, Oklahoma to come pick him up because I wasn't able to walk uh, walk in the airport with a sling, right. a suitcase, and a backpack with him. My dog is uh my guide is uh he's uh close to eighty eight pounds, huge, big boy, yep, big boy, dude. <laughs> and he he uh when 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 he takes off, yeah, good luck. He walks really fast. 
So they actually sent somebody to come get him and uh, they took him and uh, uh, yeah. Um, thank God to the, uh, I really thank um, the, the, um, the manager of the chaos. She actually stayed in the ER with me the whole time. Um, oh, wow. Yo. Yeah. The whole entire time. And, uh, you know, they put it back into place, um, uh, gave me the good medicine and, you know, uh, that was good. Um, this time I like, okay, I know what to do now. Uh, no stretching, uh, no, no making beds, <laughs> none of that. Right. Be careful of washing your face. Uh, slow taking the sling off, slow taking the sling on, uh, putting it on and off, uh, you know, uh, you know. And then, but you know, um, you know, I'm already at World Series, so I decided to, you know, uh, first day I pretty much uh, uh, chilled in the hotel most of the day. Went downstairs. Uh, they had nice avocado toast in Oklahoma. <laughs> they, we had, uh, um, of course, you had like your breakfast buffet, but they actually had a counter in uh, World Series this year in the host hotel, where you could actually uh, order what you want, uh, like specific pancakes or specific toast, and you could put a. Uh, um, um, any toppings or anything that you wanted besides the, you know, the buffet line where you just grab and go. Oh, cool. I got down. I actually met, a um, who did I meet? Uh, I either met somebody from the Houston, I think it was the Houston hurricanes. And that was the, actually, uh, the day, um, the hurricanes beat bio city. Um, when I, is when I met her, they actually had a buy and, um, they played bios. Uh, I think bios, it was their second game, uh, um, Bio City played the Hurricanes, and it was Hurricanes' first day of the uh, first game of the day uh, because they had the bye, and they actually and everybody was super surprised. The Hurricanes beat who? <laughs> everybody, yep. uh, everybody was shocked. So I actually met uh, met somebody from the Hurricanes. You know, um, I went down to the um, uh, Puppy Day, um, the Puppy Program. I said hi to my dog because uh, that was the day someone was coming to get him. Right. Right. And uh and yeah, um I thank uh thank the team too because um my team uh my teammates uh in from the chaos they actually went down to get the dog and um she uh he actually knew someone from the sirens who actually had a guide dog. So he like, Hey uh do you know anything about a guide dog? Because I don't know anything about a guide dog. You know how they are with the, the country accents. Yep. Like I don't know anything about a guide dog. Uh you telling me this for you know. And uh she uh she took care of him. She took him. She walked him. She fed him, and she was uh chilling. And he was actually chilling in her her hotel room uh, um during my um my when I was in the ER and um um brought him back down in the morning. Uh, thank uh, I I really thank her too. I hope she uh, she'll be listening to this. Hopefully. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. you know, and then next day, uh, World Series. I actually that's when I um. Uh, I slept, I slept in, but like in the afternoon, I uh, took a took a lift to the field, and you know, found the go kart. Thank God, thank God for the go kart, the uh, the golf cart in World Series. That right. it's like, hey, uh, uh, bring me to uh, where the chaos are playing, and you know, you hop on it, and you go for a ride. You hold on, and uh, hopefully, you don't roll out. And, and yep. you brought me by the chaos, and hey, uh, mailman is here. Uh, the, my nickname on the chaos is, uh, is mailman. Um, oh, cool. How'd you get that name? <laughs> <laughs> the way the country accent, man. <laughs> my name is Mel Sean. And the way they pronounce it down there is Mel Sean. Gotcha. And, and um, the manager calls me Mel. 
And I don't, I think it was um, one of the teammates. Uh, it's like, we're going to call you mailman because you deliver every time you go up the bat. <laughs> so it, after that, it, yeah, like, okay, that sounds good. Nice. Yeah. Was it Carl Malone, I think, you know, in the NBA that might have had that same nickname? <laughs> he did. The mailman. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. Wow. So then you did support the team, obviously, as much as you could, you know, even though you couldn't play. Yep. Help them get back to the, you know, uh, you know, regular, uh, regular team stuff. Chaos didn't have that many uh, players uh, uh, in World Series. And now I could see why you need at least like these 10 people when you go to World Series. People get tired and it's hot. Uh, yep. Some people forget. Some people from the sirens the first day, I, uh, I had to go to the, the, the um, urgent care uh, because they dropped out. And uh, one, one player on the chaos actually got heat stroke and oh, had somebody with like a leg cramp. And, you know, they, they still they pulled through and they won some games. They got they got the chaos got some nice energy. Man. I like their energy. Yep. Yep. So then uh, as far as your guide dog, so Larson, it's his name, right? Mm hmm. Yep, and he is from, is he from Guiding Eyes? He's from Guiding Eyes. Nice, and I'm just curious what uh, kind of prompted you to look into a guide dog and, and pursue that? Oh, uh, since, I, since I was visually impaired from the start, I wanted a guide dog. Um, hmm. um, the main deterrent for me getting a guide dog was the people in my house. Uh, people in, uh, um, not the people, my family, uh, they uh, didn't grow up with animals the way Americans did. Uh, uh, dogs in Jamaica act very different. The dogs there are, are pretty feral. They, the dogs in Jamaica do not bark at you. They don't like um, uh, the, one of the times that I went to Jamaica um, and I was walking, uh, sitting, uh, leaning on a car. A uh, dog actually just came to my left and sat down next to me and laid down and just looked at me and just, uh, and, uh, you know, he just basically sat there and he chilled um, um, I know that because uh, one of my sighted uh, uh, friends that, that was with me, she's like, there's a dog uh, sitting right to your left um, and he's just not moving. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so um, um, I just always wanted a guide dog and I filled out the application. I filled it out before COVID. Hmm. And um, so I actually had to wait uh, longer than usual. And I didn't know um, the more things that you put on the application, the longer you have to wait. Because I wanted a fast traveling dog. I wanted a dog that could uh, take the public transportation, um, and um, um, and who was good with kids. So they really guiding eyes really put in the work. Um, they uh, when the, my guide was growing up, they brought him to uh, the puppy raiser brought him to some uh, some schools uh, or not schools like a uh, she. I think she was in like an assistant uh, teacher at one point. I'm not sure hmm. if that's uh, entirely true, but um, yeah, she brought him to, and the kids knew him, and he's nice with kids, and he can swim. He, my dog, apparently from Guiding Eyes, is one of the most popular dogs, and wow. everybody loves him. Everybody loves my guy. Yeah. He's like, he, you're, and the trainer, when she dropped him off um, two weeks ago, and he's like, your dog is like the full package, like, like, um, I'm not even sure if she wants me sharing this. I, well, uh, she knows who she is, but um, 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 yeah, <laughs> He's like, your dog is the full package. He 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 can do everything. And, wow, you got yeah. a good one, a keeper. 
Oh yeah, he's uh, super goofy. Loves to play. Uh, loves to work. Um, any time we go anywhere new, he's like a he's like a rocket. It's like a um in a new car and you step on the gas and sometimes <laughs> I forget to, that he walked so fast. <laughs> um, I really like walking with him in Manhattan. Oh my God, Manhattan is fantastic walking with him. Um, a lot of people just standing in the middle of the, 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 the street and, or walking slow. He like, if there's like people in strollers ahead of me, he will like, uh, or pushing a stroller or just walking slow, looking down at their phone. He would just like uh, walk around them. Like, oh bro, get, get out the way. You're walking too slow. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, no, no. Yeah. Guiding Eyes has the the running guides program. Is he part uh, of that? Or? Yeah. Um. So uh, I don't think the program was going on during um when I was going. Oh, okay. Um, but the the main uh, instructor who usually does the running program was there. So one day, one day he actually uh, he brought me out to a, a running path, and I learned to to run with him. It was it was really good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there... So he can he can run. Um. Even people who sometimes um wa- um walk him. Um. Uh. He wants to run with them. If as soon as I start taking off, he he just he knows to take off too. Wow. Wow. There's no command or anything special really to get nope, him to go. I, I can push him. I say, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. And he and I start uh, jogging, and he starts jogging. Yep. Is there any kind start of special harness or leash or? When yeah, so there is a there is actually a, a running harness. Uh, Guiding Eyes has. Hmm. Um, the, I know the stand the standard harness. Um, we all, uh, as uh, blind individuals, probably who have guide dogs know of the leather harness. It's uh, two points of contact, and it's mainly leather because leathers are super durable, and um, you know they have the reflectors and they have clips and belly strap. Um, the running harness is um, it's, it's cloth and uh, plastic. I, I believe it has some metal on it, but I'm not too sure. This harness, you can, it actually comes with a bag, like a, a, like a, a zip, kind of like mesh bag. And you can actually put the harness, like um, fold it up into the bag and put, um, fold the harness up, um, like clip it together and put it in the bag and like put it in the wash so you can actually wash it. And it's almost like a little—it's almost like a little vest. Um, goes over the head, just like um, the leather harness, and it has uh, the belly strap. It, it clips on uh, the left side and the right side. Um, the difference—the main difference—is that this harness um, it has one point of contact. Um, the leather harness—you um, can—it has two points of contact. Um, this harness also um, the handle—it could be almost like pushed up vertical rather than the leather harness where uh, if you like try to lift it up past a certain point it won't uh it won't lift up past that point um they actually have it's actually your suggestion um you can actually have a uh a running leash or you can have a regular leash but that's up to you uh, oh, the running leash is a bit shorter it's like a short leash uh um, it's only a short lease actually. Um, uh, and it doesn't extend to a long leash at all. Right. Right. Very cool. And then, so you do, uh, I know you do like to run quite a bit these days as well. In spite of uh, your, your injuries, you've still been able to, to run and do other <laughs> stuff too. Right. Yep. Um, uh, I knew I went to a different physical therapist for my, uh, recent dislocation. 
And uh, what he told me was shocking. He's like, hey, uh, what's up, man? I'm, uh, any problems? And I'm like, nope. He's like, how you feeling? I said, I'm feeling pretty good. And uh, he was telling me stories like, man, you um, have the most stable shoulder that I've seen all year. And mm-hmm. I look at him and I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, man, there's, uh, there's this one woman who comes in here who uh, who rolls over in bed and her, her shoulder dislocates. And I'm like, oh. Wow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not so fun. Mm. Oh yeah, um, I actually started picking up running again um, towards the end of September, um, and um, I feel like I'm coming back to my normal self, man. I'm uh, more joyful. Uh, I've been running a mile every day, uh, or more than a mile. Uh, this, um, this, uh, when, uh, when was it? Um, Sunday, I walked four miles and then I actually came back and I ran a mile on the treadmill because uh, um, things happened. And then Monday I did a 5k and Wednesday I did a 5k and I'm like, oh, I think, uh, I think I'm pushing myself a little bit too far. I think I'll just, uh, you know, start running uh, miles and then my day off. So I just uh, might do more than, uh, more than a mile. Well, yeah, um, I, I'm mainly a sprinter, but this is a uh, distance is uh pretty new to me. Uh, very different. Uh, ball game than uh, than sprinting. Uh, different it, distance is more mental. Um, you got to get your uh, your breathing right. I feel like it, that's everything with working out though. After when you work out, um, there's like a, a threshold of pain or like a a, a like a a barrier or border uh, where your brain is like telling you stop, 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 stop. Like we we, we can't go any further. But yep. when you actually like push past that, oh, you can do anything, baby. Any, anything <laughs> is possible. <laughs> like, um, like when I first started running distance, um, my body's like, stop, please stop, like stop, stop running it. But you know, I'm like, no, uh, keep running, keep pushing. And after that, um, my unknowingly, um, like my breath and my breathing, uh, it started to like adjust itself and all i had to do was just maintain the same speed i'm like oh this isn't so bad so all you have to do is uh, just keep running until you're oh well for me it might be different for somebody else just run find your pace and uh get your breathing in um i think your body um is mainly i think it's like or your brain is worried that it's not getting enough oxygen um so you have to um um have a steady um uh, uh, breathing so um, your brain is not worried anymore that you won't run out of oxygen uh, and um, yeah you'll be good find your breathing uh, set your pace find your breathing and you know just just cruise and you'll be good uh, today uh, um, I got on a bike tandem I yep. <laughs> yes tandem 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 um, when I reason, one of the reasons why I like going to high school in, in Long Island, um, is because, uh, um, I got a bike, <laughs> so I would ride my bike to school, I ride my bike back to school, you know, I would just, uh, it, um, it's, I want to compare it because I, I like to compare, uh, like, like the blind aspect versus the seeing, um, uh, perspective. Right. Um, riding a bike was like almost like riding a motorcycle. It was very, very freeing. Like um, bad day at school, you know, uh, t- 
take a longer route home, uh, you know, not looking forward to going to school today, take a longer route to school. <laughs> it was, you know, um, even though uh, seeing with one eye, you know, uh, you know, I'd, I'd ride with gloves on so my hands wouldn't get cold. Um, you know, um, sometimes I'd ride my bike with one hand and listen to and like have my phone in the other hand. I was, I was a crazy kid, bro. <laughs> you know, I, I think a lot of kids, you know, can only see out of one eye. They probably wouldn't doing half the things that I could do or would do. True. Um, yeah. But uh, today was the first day I got back on a bike since high school. Oh, oh man. Um, and now I have, uh, I have dreadlocks now, man. So I was actually oh, debating wow. on taking my, <laughs> my hands off the handles. <laughs> And taking my hair tie, my hair tie, and just letting my 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 hair just like fly <laughs> fly around. <laughs> yeah, uh, my guide was great. Um, I ran the first mile in uh, twelve minutes. Um, we had a little bit of a bike difficulty. It was a uh, a you know a bad thing, but also a good thing. Um, when we first got on the tandem, one of his pedals actually fell off the bike. So we had to take the bike off the, the path and he luckily he had his tools in his car. So he fixed the pedal and uh, we were off again. We actually were supposed to do four, four laps for 14 miles, but um, they were actually had to shut down the road. So we only did three laps for, so with a, for a total of 10.5 miles. Mm -hmm. uh, I did a tandem bike uh, ride today for the first time, 10.5 miles. It was so fun. Um, when I first when I first got on the tandem, like my, it was so weird. Um, like my feet were flying off the pedals. I'm like, oh, whoa, oh, oh, what's going on? And then, uh, <laughs> like, oh, we're, we're turning left. I'm like, we're turning. And then, like, I'm like, um, like fighting the bike. And then, like, uh, you know, as we get like, um, halfway through the first loop, I kind of like, okay, um, you have to keep pressure on the pedals. And um, keep your arms nice and loose. If he turns, turns with him. If he, uh, if he says slow down, slow down with him. Yep. If we're going too fast, you coast with him. Uh, it was a beach cruiser, so if you pedal backwards, um, uh, it was the brakes. Yeah, it was. It was super fun. I actually got a. Uh, I got mud uh, splashed on the back of my uh, my Achilles um, uh, shirt. <laughs> oh jeez! Like, hey man, I'm. Uh, <laughs> Bro, you gotta put your shirt in the wash. There's there's mud on it. And he laughed and he chuckled and uh, Yo, then um Achilles International, just to, to clarify. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep, great Long organization. Island chapter. Nice. Very nice. great. Um yep. new chapter in uh Long Island. Um I think they started in uh, uh pretty pretty recently, probably like um that believe yeah, they started in twenty one when I actually started beat baseball. Uh, oh, wow. Long Island, Long Island mm. Bombers. Uh, yeah, and we got off the bike, and we did another 1.1 miles, and we finished. Uh, we finished right before the rain stopped uh, or started. Sorry, and yeah, it was a it was a good uh good workout today. Nice, nice, awesome. So it definitely sounds like, in spite of all your injuries, you know, dislocating both shoulders multiple times, that hasn't gotten you down. You still just keep getting back up, right? Yeah. We actually, uh, in the Japanese Jiu-Jitsu Dojo, uh, there's a poster. I didn't know it was there, of course, because I can't see. But one of the black belts, um, I believe he's a Nidon, uh, which means uh, second degree black belt. Um, 
when you turn a black belt in that dojo, you have to buy a poster put in the dojo to hang up. And his poster says, fall down six, get up seven. Uh, so hmm. No matter how many times you fall down, you get up one more than, um, than you fell. Exactly. And, yeah. Love that. Love that. And I think that's a great way to, to wrap things up here. Cool. Alrighty. Well, again, uh, we've been chatting with Melshawn Wee Ellis and uh, really, really appreciate the time here. It's been uh, so cool to, to kind of reconnect after a couple of years and really enjoyed capturing your story and definitely wish you all the best in your, your sports and uh, just kind of career endeavors. Awesome. Alrighty. Thanks again, man. No problem. So before we wrap up this episode, uh, we did not get a chance to talk about Melshawn's career but I did want to mention that he currently works at a warehouse for Amazon and he also is a consultant for web accessibility and you can reach him by email at melshon.we.ellis at gmail.com that's m-e-l-c-h-i-o-n dot w-e-e dot e-l-l-i-s at gmail.com to hear more episodes of the Eyes Free Sports podcast and to subscribe, search for Eyes Free Sports on your favorite podcast platform or visit eyesfreesports.com. Be sure to follow the Eyes Free Sports podcast at facebook.com slash eyesfreesports and on Twitter at eyesfreesports. 